Welcome to the Eternity's Viewpoint Podcast with Pastor Lauren Richmond Sr. This podcast is a ministry of East Denver Bible Baptist Church in Denver, Colorado. Each week, Pastor Lauren will open up the Bible and share the truth of God's Word. Our prayer is to be a blessing by providing you with simple, understandable teachings from Scripture on how to live a life of faith in view of eternity. Here's this week's episode. Hello, this is Pastor Lauren Richmond, East Denver Bible Baptist Church. Welcome welcome to our podcast, Eternity's Viewpoint. I am going to talk about disappointment today. I Recently, my son sent me a, a link to a podcast that was done. It was an interview of Tim Tebow, and he shared some things that I thought were really good. And uh, of course, obviously, I'm not Tim Tebow, but I would like to maybe give you a little bit of a version. Talked about disappointment. So that's what we're going to do today and how dis- disappointment works in our lives and how it, uh, some of the things we can learn from that. Oftentimes we're, we're happy to learn from victories and achievement and uh, things like that, things that are joyful. And of course, disappointment tends not to be joyful and tends to be uh, something that it's hard to handle. But God is strong in areas where we're weak. So I'm going to start with, we know that uh, Romans 8.28 says, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And uh, I would also take you to 2 Corinthians 12.9, where the Apostle Paul said, uh, His strength is made perfect in our weakness. His grace is sufficient for us. And I'm going to read that because I, all of a sudden I can't quite remember it, but 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And I grew up, as, a, as I've mentioned in the past, as an athlete. I'm not a super athlete or anything like that, but I did come from a small school in a small town. And so I had plenty of opportunity to uh, play sports. Uh, it wasn't a lot of competition in the things that I was doing from our school. And so uh, because we were such a small school, most people would make the teams and so forth. So I happened to play four sports for four years and later in those things. And, uh, of course, my favorite sport, of course, was running, even though maybe I didn't always realize it at that particular time. And it might have been better had I uh, given up some of the other things to concentrate a little bit more on the running. But anyhow, uh, there were some wonderful opportunities that I had. And so the first thing that I would think of is uh, how in high school as a runner, I was a two-miler. And of course, one of the goals that I had, I'd run in junior high and so forth, just running on my own, running around the track. And uh, people began to notice that I was running all the time. And they thought, well, you know, he's got a chance one day to be a school record holder and all of that. And so uh, when I came into my freshman year, the thought was that I would uh, should be able to become the school record holder in the two mile and well it didn't quite happen that year and I had some struggles and uh, then uh, 
I think it was by my junior year, I was still chasing that record and hadn't quite caught it yet. And then I think it was the first or the second race of the year, I pulled a hamstring. And unfortunately, I was pitching baseball at the same time. And so I continued to pitch. And every time I'd come off the mound, I'd aggravate that hamstring. And of course, we didn't have the therapy that you got today as far as the whirlpool and all that thing. They had it, but nobody ever made sure that I got in it. Nobody told me what I needed to do and not need to do. And so it didn't help me to recover. And so I basically wiped out the year, the junior year as a runner didn't do well. It didn't do what I would have, in fact, didn't run most of the year. And I got back into it my senior year and then finally accomplished the opportunity to win the uh, county championship and went on to sectionals and won that and moved on to the intersectionals and I set a school record in that, but I did not do what I had hoped to accomplish in high school, but we did not have a cross-country team, and so uh, I began to look at schools, and Cedarville College stood out to me, and they had a running program there, and so I contacted them to see if I could run on their cross-country team, and of course they told me that uh, they had plenty of distance runners. I could try out, but uh, they really were looking for sprinters at that point. Well, I but he said, if you're going to do it, what you need to do is you need to have 500 miles of running in the summer before you come. They were going to have a cross-country camp, and the top 14 runners would get to go to that. Well, I didn't have any uh, times I could present or anything, basically, because I think I ran 1.5K in a road race, and I had never uh, run cross-country in high school because our team didn't have it. And so I began to practice for that, and... Uh, putting my miles in, and I remember uh, when I got to the last day when I knew I was going to be able to go to camp, I had 467 miles in, and we needed to have 500 for the summer. So I got up at 7 in the morning, I ran 11 miles, I ran 11 miles at noon, I ran another 11 miles at midnight, and got my 500 miles in, and then at 4 o'clock in the morning, we left for Ohio, and uh so I got to the school and found out I was the only runner who had the 500 miles in. But I also found out that uh, most of these other guys were on scholarship, and uh, at least the top five or six, I, I think it was five, I don't remember exactly, but I didn't get a scholarship. And uh, as we began to do the workouts, we were in Millersburg, Ohio. We were doing three workouts a day, and uh, just about every workout we did, I worked hard, but I wasn't as fast as these other runners, and so I would have to work my tail off just to try to keep up with them. And uh, so things did not look promising for me, but we went to our first cross-country meet, which was in Michigan, and I remember halfway through that race, I passed our number one runner from the year before. And so I began to run. Uh, I ran number one for the season, and uh, we went 14-3, I believe it was. We went to the NAIA Division Three Nationals out in Liberty, Missouri. I came in 149th that year. I think our second runner was 281. So I was happy with what I had done and I was hopeful that there would be an opportunity to do two things. Number one, there would be an opportunity to uh, get a scholarship. And number two, there would be an opportunity for perhaps before I was finished to be an All-American. 
And so uh, when I went to school and talked to them about it, guess what they said? We don't have any more scholarships to give out. Maybe by your uh, junior year, we can give you one. Well, my parents had taught me that, guess what, you uh, if you don't pile up a whole lot of debt because they didn't have the money. And so, therefore, they, they, the school had suggested that I go ahead and uh, get the same loans I got that year. Well, I wasn't going to do that. And, of course, God used that to call me to ministry at Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, but they didn't have a cross-country team. So I transferred there. I didn't, uh, in fact, the first year I went out for football and uh, wasn't a very good football player. I did happen to be the most improved or tied for the most improved, but uh, that didn't say a whole lot. We only won one game. And after that, uh, I talked to them about starting the cross-country team and they let me do that. And uh, then they still wanted me to play football. And I said, you know what? I can't do both. I can't get beat up on the football field and run cross country. So I passed up on the football and continued on the cross country, coached and ran for a couple more years. And the only problem was they were not an NAIA, so I was not eligible to run in the national championships. There was no Christian colleges uh, athletic Association back then, so I couldn't do that as well. So I missed out on all those things. So that was a little bit of a disappointment. But uh, ended up going to New York City and uh, helped Bob Adrian start a church in Long Island and got out plenty of opportunities to go out and run races. And uh, it was a lot of fun, but, you know, there were disappointments along the way. And uh, I think maybe, as I said, the first disappointment was co- that came to me was when I couldn't get a scholarship from Cedarville. But uh, the disappointment led me to Baptist Bible College where God brought me into the ministry, so that was a good thing in that regard. Uh, Going to New York City, I had opportunities to run and have fun and all of those things. But, you know, as the years went on, you, uh, I did have some opportunities to do some running, had some injuries and so forth, but I remember having an opportunity to go out and try to run Leadville Trail 100. Leadville Leadville Trail 100, excuse me. And uh, guess what? I thought, I tried it several times, and I thought, you know what? This will be a wonderful opportunity to uh, uh, use Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. The Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, let us run with patience the races set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I thought, you know what, I can run this race, and I can write some of a book, and relate running to ministry, and I can just, you know, glory in the fact that uh, look look what I was able to do for God. I mean, I think I, I had the attitude that... Uh, if I could have a victory, I could praise God for it, and he could get the glory. But perhaps down deep inside, I'm just thinking, you know, another opportunity to tell people what I've done. And so God says, no, we're not going to let you do that. What we're going to do instead is bring disappointment. So we had disappointment, and disappointment came, and along in the, all the tries, I, all the attempts I made to finish Leadville, there was always something that happened that enabled me not to do it. I got close. I had 95 one year, just ran out of time. 
made some mistakes, and I had another time where I was injured early in the race and did 76, and the last time I ran was the worst when I had issues with an ulcerated toe. And, you know, finally I realized, guess what? This is not something God's going to enable me to do, and I'm not going to— I even one year made up shirts that uh, had Leadville Trail 100 or bust on the front of it and had a scripture verse on the back, and uh, still didn't happen. So, uh, disappointment again. But as I said, uh, God knows exactly what he's doing, and he points us another way. And so there were other opportunities. I was into, as I said, athletics. I did some coaching. I did some uh, officiating. And while doing that, I thought, you know, I was never the greatest of officials. I was faithful. I did a good job, I think. I wasn't the greatest referee. I wasn't, uh, I got a few playoff games, didn't get as many as I'd like, didn't go as far as I wanted to, and I began to prepare, and I thought, well, you know, my last season or getting down toward the end of my career, I'm going to go to some extra camps and really try to get better, and I began dealing with this ulcerated toe, and uh, it just didn't seem to clear up and so forth. Eventually, I had to get in a boot and so forth, and uh needed to do some surgery. I did bunion surgery one time, and then it was suggested that I would need to do it again. And this last time, as we're preparing for that, I had other situations come up. There was a situation with cellulitis twice and sepsis and emergency gallbladder surgery and finally diagnosed with Parkinson's. And all this came in a short period of time, as well as the ulcerated toe. And Finally, uh, I ended up having the surgery, and they ended up taking the toe, and that wasn't what I planned on. And uh, because of COVID and the Parkinson's and everything else, even though I'd had the uh, vaccinations for the COVID, uh, it just slowed me down and uh, not running. Well, not at this point, I'm not running at all, and uh, not sure if there'll be an opportunity to do that again. Most likely, my officiating career is over, but you know what? God can still use us in ministry, can he? So instead of complaining and griping and saying, well, I don't understand why this happened or that happened, we just know that God's with us. It says his strength is made perfect in our weakness. So he continues to work. And with all the struggles that we've had, uh, there's blessings that come along with us. You know, having a faithful wife who stands beside you and helps you and my my one of my daughters and my son and so forth have been very very helpful to me in a lot of things and we're appreciated for that so i just want to uh again uh encourage you to work for the lord and don't worry about uh, the disappointments realize that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world and he's going to work things out for your honor and glory He's going to help things to happen and uh, strengthen us. So I'm having a problem here with a couple of things going on, so I'm trying to record, but I want to encourage you and say that God will bless you and keep on working, keep on doing what God would have you to do. God bless you and have a wonderful day.
Thank you for listening to the Eternity's Viewpoint Podcast with Pastor Lauren Richmond Sr. The Eternity's Viewpoint Podcast is produced by Resonate Media in partnership with East Denver Bible Baptist Church. If you have been blessed by what you have heard today, help us share the blessing with more people by subscribing and leaving a review. To learn more about the podcast or to connect with Pastor Lauren, visit eternityviewpoint.com. Do you have something to say? Are there people who want or need to hear from you? Have you always wanted to start a podcast but don't know where to start? Welcome to Resonate Media, where our mission is to amplify you. At Resonate Media, we focus on helping underrepresented voices and aspiring podcasters get started by providing equipment, expertise, and experience to help you launch a podcast. To get started, visit ResonateMediaPro.com. Don't let the confusion, complications, and costs of hosting, recording, editing, and distribution hold you back. The world needs to hear what you have to say. Resonate Media can help your voice be heard.